You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Not that I know of. Oh, hold on, I heard something. Hey everyone, welcome to welcome to Webcology on webmassmedia.fm. We are broadcasting live from SES Chicago 2013. And uh, just to let you know, I'm doing this over my cell phone. We, we're having a little bit of technical issues. We're at a CERT conference, so the Wi-Fi is kind of spotty. But it's been a great show. Uh, Dave, can you hear me? I can hear you just great, Jim. Excellent, excellent. Um, how you doing? <laughs> Do great. I, I, I've got to ask, you're at a show. Uh, how, uh, how is it going? The show is excellent. Um, it's the last day of the show. As a matter of fact, it's, it's, the, it's the winding hours of the show. So people are tired. Our voices are all cracked. Um, I think there's only one or two more sessions, but from, uh, you know, Webmaster Radio is almost at, is at almost all of the shows. We have, we have a presence at the show as well. Um, this has been a good SES Chicago. I'm estimating about 2,500 people. Um, you know, the, the usual great content, great people. It was wonderful to, um, you know, see old friends again. <laughs> as as it always is, um, and, and I guess you've got uh, what well, you were speaking. Um, you've got some I of your just got off stage, in fact. And, and a trooper, you are. That explains the voice, which does sound a little strained. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to blame that last whatever was going on last night for part of that as well. Uh, <laughs> well, um, you know, our listeners, uh, Dave, our listeners might be, uh, and I know you're familiar with uh, with SEO Tom Fraser. Oh yeah! It was Tom. It was Tom's fortieth birthday last night, so you know <laughs> we kind of kind of had to do him a favor and get him good and messed up. So yeah, we all sound like this today. Um, Dave was actually, or, 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 sorry, Bob was actually just on on the panel with me. 
um, on the <laughs> SEO is dead panel. <gasps> oh, that poor bugger. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. So, but you um, know what? I've been away. I've been in conference. I've uh, not been looking at my computer. I've not been looking at the news. What's going on in the search world, Dave? Well, you know, as as always, there's there's lots, and I I'm gonna nope, just I, I'm gonna jump back to it because I I'm totally interested to hear how you justified the SEO is dead one. But um, one thing we can we can go, hey, start rant, because um, there's one that I was just reading about this morning and went, you have got to be kidding me, you have got to be kidding me. Um, so here's here's some uh, new news, um, and it could impact. Pick a website, it could impact them. Um, there is a lawsuit being waged against Yelp right now um, okay. on the condition or on the belief um, that their reviewers, that it's the law in, in many states that whether an employee is volunteer or intern, unless they're getting college credits, they have to be paid at least minimum wage for, for this work. Why that is, I Fair don't enough. know, because I think there's a lot of organizations that need volunteers and people who are happy to be volunteers, but whatever you pay them, they donate back. I don't know how that, uh, how that all works, but um, the, the assertion here is that your Yelpers, people writing these reviews are, are volunteers and as such need to be being paid. Uh, it's looking like the lawsuit in total based on, you know, the number of reviews that are done and stuff would amount to about $12.8 billion if what one of the, the people bringing forth wanted, I can't remember the exact number, it was like $270 or something per review. Like, I don't know how you pick a number like that. Um, and, and asserted that this was the value of these reviews. And, and I have to think, I mean, A, okay, this is just a problem with the legal system. Like, come on, I had no illusion that I'm getting doing volunteer work or nothing. I'm, I'm you know, Facebook shouldn't have to pay me for using Facebook either, right? Like, that's, that's well, the way of, of this. Well, let me, that sounds incredible. Let me ask you a couple questions about this suit. Number one, who filed it against whom? Uh, number two, if it's user-generated content and the user is voluntarily writing a review of a business, a service, or you know, something, some commercial review, how can they be, how can they be considered a volunteer? They're a consumer. They're someone who had an experience and they're sharing it on the internet. And, you know, yes, Yelp is terribly manipulated. Um, Yelp is, you know, there's been the reputation management lawsuits and I can understand that. But a lawsuit stating that a, somebody is helping create user-generated content has to be considered an intern and therefore must be paid that's absurd. Well, in, indeed. Uh, one of the people that brought it forth, um, and I found out his name, interestingly, because somebody had written on Search Engine Watch uh, about this story, and, and the gentleman's name is uh, Daniel Bernath, um, actually went in and responded, basically going, this isn't silly, and just saying other people do it doesn't you know, make it you know, okay, that sort of thing. Um, he's an Oregon-based disability lawyer, and... And here's a fun part, uh, which I, I wouldn't have known, except I followed the story over to the Washington Post, a Portlandia extra. <laughs> so, you know, there you are. Um, so, yeah, he, uh, he, he's decided, and he's the one that, that decided that he should be paid, and, and here's the number in front of me now, $273 per review. That's a far, far cry in my mind for minimum wage. <laughs> Indeed. That, that's very different. You think. You'd think a disability lawyer from Portland could uh, find something better to do than extort money off of Yelp 
I mean, like, couldn't he be going and spreading mayonnaise on the sidewalk so people will fall over and he could get, get income that way? <laughs> That's what I'd do. Mayonnaise. There you go. Mayonnaise and Portland goes so well together, especially for a slip and lawyer. It's always raining there, you know? <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, right? and so, so what? at what stage is this case in the process? Well, it's, it's, it's just at the beginning. It's just filed. Um, let me just click through here. And the, the, the U.S. court has said they'll hear this. They'll hear it. That's yep. incredible. Uh, yeah, I, I know. It just seems um, it, it just seems silly. Like we know how this story ends. Uh, <laughs> well, we uh, well we hope it gets thrown out of court. But let's take it a step further, and you know, our, our listeners want to know if they're publishing a blog, say, and they're getting um, you know comments from their readers. Are they in a position of you know are, are, they, are they in a potentially dangerous position? Well, and that is a concern. Like, it, it, it does impact a lot of us for, for reasons like you just said. What if I run a forum? Right? What if I, what if I run a social media site? Um, you know, and, and something I'll, of course, be interested to, to know about what would happen. Because, you know, I, we always consider these. I'm pretty sure this one's going to get shut down. But what if? Well, now, if I wrote a review on somebody's Google Plus page, now, does Google owe me money? Or does that person whose business I've reviewed owe me money? And the same could be said with Yelp. Is it Yelp's responsibility? Or if you're somebody's being hired by you, wouldn't it kind of more actually be the business whom you've reviewed? So why is it Yelp? Because they've got money, right? And because nobody's going to go, yeah, this is just going to be a disaster with everybody suing every business on the planet and people doing reviews just to get paid for them, right? I mean, we, we, we see how this story ends. Um, so, I, you know, I'm pretty sure, I, I'm sure you are too, that the the whole the whole system like any court with any brain and let's fingers crossed hope it hits one of those would have to look and go okay now the choice is do we want to use the internet anymore um, because basically it would just <laughs> it, it would just paralyze the entire internet if it was like anytime I say anything or review anybody anywhere um, I'm I'm owed compensation well you know if that happens think what what do you have left well sorry you know Google sorry. Uh, um, you know, Facebook, sorry, Twitter, you know, they're all going to have to shut down, <laughs> you know, because that's that. Um, so, yeah, I, I just find this ridiculous, um, and, but just, you know, a, a fun story to uh, to start our week on. <laughs> well, you know, as, as, as our listeners are well aware, <laughs> listen to our show anyway, as our listeners are well aware, working the Internet is often working with theater of the absurd. You know, <laughs> very much. Like there's just so much dumb shit that goes down, dumb stuff that goes down in our environment. But you know, it's, uh, when you have a billion and a half, two billion users, as uh, as this internet thingy does, weird stuff will happen. One of them is mm-hmm. going to be one of them is going to be a uh, uh, you know a goof, and this stuff happens. Yep. Um, another interesting thing that you, you may or may not, it's sometimes there's things that you kind of know and then you go, ooh, right, I should be letting my clients know this too. Um, that just ties into uh, the past week of my life just beautifully. But a study came out, um, published, you know what, this one's over at Search Engine Watch too. I do read other stuff, but this was two interesting ones that, that came out. <laughs> uh, and this one came out last, or, or was published last Friday, which is in, right after our show. Um, Talking about how often when you are engaged um, or 
if your company is engaged with by one of your customers or users on a social media platform, be it Twitter, Facebook, what is the expectation on um, how long you have to react? Interesting, right? I, I, I'd never really given that a ton of thought. I think, you know, within a reasonable period of time. Um, interestingly, I've been having at my house huge problems with uh, TELUS, the, you know, the, our, our provider of phone, TV, and internet. So when it has problems, we have big problems <laughs> uh, because these are all the, all the main services we use. Um, after, well, you can sit on hold, the, the decision was, hey, let's try Twitter. <laughs> Rather than sitting on hold and trying to work my way through the whole system here, let's try Twitter. I did expect and received an immediate response. Um, immediate, you know, within a few minutes response. And it turns out that's necessary. 53% of people expect it within one hour, 14% at immediately. Basically, they want somebody sitting there watching um, this to go down. Um, and it, it drops way, way, way down to people who would be looking at one day, like within a day, um, you're looking at 14% would tolerate a day turnaround time on a response to an engagement on social media. Um, to me, this has huge, I mean, depending on the company, you know, you've got like, you know, TELUS or, you know, one of the major telco. Pro okay. Yeah. You, you probably should have somebody sitting there. Right, just waiting for somebody to talk about an outage, if nothing else, right, or whatever. Right, you should have somebody on there all the time. Um, but I, I'm, you know, apply this to just you know a, a, a mom and pop business where it's like you're the owner and you're working. <laughs> like, can you be sitting there watching this Twitter stream, watching a Facebook stream constantly? No, of course you can't. Can you afford to hire somebody to do that? For a lot of businesses, no. So um, it, it's a case I, I think where. A lot of expectations may not be met for the right reasons. You know, would, would my, speaking for me, would my clients rather I was watching Twitter streams for people talking about me or would they rather I was optimizing their site? <laughs> Which of these two things would they rather I was doing on a given, you know, hour of my, my, um, so I think it can lead to some, some odd expectations on people. And you know what? I think I'm guilty of it. You probably are too. It's the internet. It should be interesting. Why haven't you responded? It's been five minutes. <laughs> Um, well, what I know. want to know, what the, the, the question I would ask after that is, how do people who are disappointed in the response time of the company they're trying to engage through Twitter or through Facebook or um, you know, whatever, whatever instant messaging uh, application, if the company fails to you know, meet their complainers' expectations, what's the burn rate? You know, no, you know Jim, I, I'm, go another. I, I'm so glad you asked, <laughs> because that was part because of the study that was done. Right? <laughs> so, so that was so perfect. What are they going to do? What are, they, if, what are uh, people going if, to do? You don't get the response, what do they tend to do? At 20, there's just, it monitored the top five, um, and some, there is some overlap, so it only, it only covers 60% of respondents, even though a larger percentage, it, the numbers add up to more than 100%. It's because there's, some people will do two or three of these things. 29% um, okay. are going to talk to their friends and family about it. 26% um, are going to escalate it through other sources of communication. So, okay, this is exactly what you want them to do, right? These are the people who go, okay, you're just not monitoring your Twitter, I guess I'll pick up a phone. 24% um, are going to consider buying less. 
21% are not going to recommend the product. And then, and here's the real threat, 15% are going to try and shame you on social media. <laughs> and that can start, uh, that can start a, uh, well, a fight or a headache that just doesn't end. Well, it, it sure can. And I mean, it, it, I feel sorry in some cases for this where what if your expectation is instantaneous or within five minutes and, you know, dude went out for lunch, <laughs> like, um, you know, how all of a sudden you're complaining for something that to me or a lot of other people might be considered a reasonable period of time. Um, and so it's considered a reasonable period of time, but Dave, I mean, like, this is the new level of customer service that you have to offer if you want to be considered a serious, amongst large businesses at any rate, you want to be considered a serious business. Or if you want to be known for customer service or for responsiveness, well, I mean, it's, this is the way the environment is today. It's, right. you know, much like, uh, like inflation. I mean, it's no fault that prices raised. Prices raised. Prices are higher. You know, right. that's just the way it goes. So you've got to work a little bit harder. Um, and, yeah, this is an, this, we do have an expectation of instant response. No one likes being ignored. And when you're sitting in front of your keyboard, you have all this power, right? Because you're working a computer and you're a little, you're in your like autonomous zone. And if you're ignored, oh my goodness, that blows into this massive proportion and you get pissed. <laughs> you know, and then you, you've heard the studies or you must have read the studies that say, uh, uh, like 85% of Facebook uh, users are angry all the time. Mm -hmm. Facebook makes us angrier. Well, you know, if you're being invested in social media, you become the keyboard warrior. Yeah. And keyboard warriors are dangerous because they're acting in, they're acting emotionally. Well, they're acting emotionally. And as you and I know, and heck, all of our listeners, most of the internet knows, um, you, you can act with some degree, even if your name is being attached to something. There is this separation between me and my actions all of a sudden, right? You, you, uh, there's this sense of anonymity even where you know it doesn't exist because, hey, there's your name. It showed up, right? <laughs> you know, in our case, you know, our Twitter handle, there's our company name. But there is this feel of anonymity. And you do find, I'm sure you've seen it, I've seen it, where people become more angry, right? Like they become more adamant. They say things you would never say if I was sitting across a table drinking a beer with you. I would never say this. But it's on the internet, and you've commented on my Facebook wall, so in I go. <laughs> and, and, and off you go. I mean, you know, you represent your brand. I represent my brand. Yes, we are aware of what goes on and, and the impact what we say has on, on our brands. But for people who don't, um, you've seen it, I've seen it. You can get much more aggressive um, and have to deal with much more aggression. And to that, it's like, yeah, if you're if you end up hitting part of these like fourteen percent who want to shame you now, um, they're going to do it uh, with a lot of uh, a lot of vigor. Um, so it it is a problem. And you know, it sort of earmarks that you need to be setting up alerts <laughs> um, on your main social media so that it will you know be monitored and and send you through notices anytime something goes there because you know. Get it onto your phone, right? You need to know um, all the time what's going on. It's funny you mentioned the need to set up alerts. 
Um, as I said at the beginning of the show, um, I just came off the um, Is SEO Dead panel um, at, here at uh, SES Chicago 2015. And one of the key takeaways of the Is SEO Dead panel was follow the basics. <laughs> you know, we go back to basics, but things chaotic because that's our, always our starting point. Um, and having alerts on, you know, uh, various keywords or um, alerts on your brand names or your product names. Well, I mean, that's just one of the basics, ain't it? It, it sure is. Um, you know what? And that's a great segue because I, I mentioned it earlier. I really want to talk about what, uh, what is going on over there because, uh, as you know, Chicago is one of my favorite shows. But before we do that, uh, we're going to pay some bills. Um, it's it's got to be done. Oh, we got to do that. We got to do that. Do so, I uh, sure will. We'll uh, we'll be back in just a couple minutes to find out uh, all the great takeaways from the show that have been going on and everything that's been going on over in Chicago. But in the meantime, this is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, joined uh, joyously by Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Back in just a couple minutes. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Come visit us at AdTech New York, booth number 738. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate display media or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. And that's the ball game. Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short branded attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand just like Sony, Visa, and Nike for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Get the latest news. Welcome to the WordPress Community Podcast. The essential source for news and information on the most popular blog publishing tool on earth. The WordPress Community Podcast. On demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. 
commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. Uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And, uh... As you can hear, Dave, I'm now outside in Chicago, um, <laughs> trying to keep a good, strong cell signal happening. And we appreciate it. It's working pretty good so far. How's the weather outside? It, um, if you say under the wind, it's not bad, but this is Chicago, and it's, you know, it's November. <laughs> it's, uh, it ain't warm. Current temperature outside. The FBS Chicago Ooh. used to be the December show. You know, we'd be we'd be having the show in uh, second week in December, and then it was brutally cold. They moved it up a month. It's not so bad, and Chicago is a great city to be in. It's a great walking city. So, you know, spending a lot of time outside. It's currently forty-four degrees Fahrenheit, seven centigrade. Ah, well, you see, it feels just like it's ten centigrade. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like home, doesn't it? Um, so, what can I tell you about the conference itself? It, well, uh, well, tell us what happened one because AdTech is happening in New York right now, and there's another web conference happening in Miami. So, the community is sort of like split in three. Um, a lot of great speakers here, a lot of great content. Um, but again, um, you know, half of our friends. All right, other shows. <laughs> so you didn't get to have as much fun, but fortunately, uh, you know, Tom had a birthday, so you got to you got to shake it up a Tom little bit. Tom had a birthday. Absolutely, so, no. but I'm on live radio right now. <laughs> um, one of the things for walking around a large city, you're, you say that for the vision handlers, you're, uh, so we're just sort of grooving through Chicago, having conversations with people. <laughs> Um, so, no, I, I, I've got to ask, this is the first um, conference that, you know, we, you and I have had a chat where one of us has been at the conference um, since a whole rash of, of recent changes, right, that, that have taken place over the last couple, you know, hummingbirds and, uh, you know, Penguin 2.1 hit. And, uh, so, I mean, to me, anyway, I look at this and go, hey, you were on the ground having a discussion with a bunch of very knowledgeable people, including yourself, in an environment where everything's changed since the last time you were all together, right? The, the, the landscape itself is different. And then you were on a panel talking about whether SEO is dead or not. I mean, we know it isn't, but, uh, you know, having that discussion, what impact have some of the recent changes had on either the sessions or just the conversations and, and you know, those, those chats about what are, we, what are we doing and, you know, the sort of shared conversations that, that take place where you actually have a more open discussion about some of the strategies you're using. What's, what's the feel there? Well, okay, I was, I was just on the, the panel that is titled, Is SEO Dead? And it's the panel that happens every year at SES. Okay, so it's, it, it, it's not like SES is um, searching for strategies that the conference organizers are asking the question, is SEO dead? It's more of a rhetorical question. Um, the big, to this day, the big story is not provided. People are freaked out about the loss of keyword data. And so we've been talking about strategies to overcome the loss of keyword data. You know, how do we um, 
how do we get enough information to sort of fill in the blanks that Google has left us? Um, one of the ways is by investigating paid search. Another of the ways is to drill deep into webmaster tools because you actually do get fairly conclusive keyword lists out of webmaster tools, and you can even drill into those keywords. Um, we talked a lot about looking at the uh, web visitor funnel. They get in at your, you know, say they come in at your index page or at one of your landing pages. Where do they go after that? What was that page about? Um, like, what topic was that page about? What keywords would that page have represented? So instead of being given the keywords in a, you know, a, a nice annotated list with plenty of um, empirical data that we can you know, report back to our client, we have to work a little bit harder as SEOs, and we have to uh, you know, study what visitors are doing on our web pages as they move from A to B to C, right? Or as they move through the website. Yeah. So you know that you're, um, you know that this page here is about blue widgets, and the next page is about yellow widgets. So we know that widgets would be a keyword that the you know that 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 that, that, that searcher was interested in. SEOs have to extrapolate a lot. Now the the feel is you know I, I mean. I Remember, you remember we've covered it a lot, and the, the station as a whole has, when that first happened, I mean, tons of articles written, everybody up in arms, you know, myself included. Uh, now, something I found, and I'll be interested to hear, does the, the marketing community as a whole find this, is we all, we all do reports. We all sort of go through and we look at our metrics, and of course, when the keyword data was there, that was a metric we looked at. Um, now, I found, from personal experience, being forced to not look at that and have to look at other things is forcing me into areas that I knew I should check, but you know I've only got like 20 minutes to get this report out. <laughs> so you're powering through um, what it is. And so now it, it's forcing us to look at areas more regularly that we should have been all along. Is that a general like, yeah, it sucks we lost this, but hey, I'm, I'm doing a better job now? Um, because I'm having to look deeper into everything and, and extrapolate more site-based conclusions rather than keyword-specific conclusions? Uh, you know what? Absolutely. Um, Google has been saying for the last uh, 18, 18 months, 24 months, that they don't want you to uh, design pages for keywords you know, they don't want you to design the keyword rankings. They want you to create content people want to use and share with each other. And that goes beyond, you know, um, focusing and hammering on specific keyword rankings into um, understanding the context of the searcher's intent as they're um, somewhere in their decision or purchase funnel. Now, somewhere right. in the site, in the natural cycle the searcher goes through when looking for information. So as SEOs, we have to know our clients and our clients' clients just a little bit more intimately than we did before. How do we do that? By using the analytic tools that are either provided by, by uh, Google Analytics or Google Webmaster Tools or using, you know, like Raven or uh, Majestic or MozTool. There's a great deal of information. Like, you're right, we were bypassing before, but, you know, our clients are paying us for this work we must report back to them. And those reports have to be useful to them. They have to give them actionable and verifiable information. Or why are they paying us for a service, right? Right. And to do that, yeah, you've got to dig a little bit deeper in your analytics programs and find what is of importance 
to that client specifically. What is their conversion point, and are they making the conversions? What is the path that the user is going when they come in at your index page or they come in at your landing page? Where do they go from there, and how much time are they spending on those pages? What is their interest level? You know, um, is it high? Is it low? Are we getting a good response or a poor response? And that's the kind of stuff you want to be reporting back to your clients because, it, you know, it does show that you've achieved or retained that result. This is the goal we were, you know, that, that, that they hired us to, uh, to achieve. And I can demonstrate using this analytic, that analytic, and this analytic. And, and actually, I think that leaves us as SEOs in a much stronger reporting position than we were before when we were trying to report keyword rankings in a regionalized and personalized world. Oh, you're, you're, yeah, I, I think that, uh, isn't it, and to me, and I don't know if this is a discussion that's going on there as, as well, um, it's sort of a, a case where, to me, um, Google finally technologically caught up uh, to what they've been telling us to do. Um, and and to, at the end of the day, and I just had this discussion with the client yesterday, it's almost worked out for the best. Yes, a lot of things have gotten harder, but it's okay because it got harder for everybody. <laughs> so if we all just work at the same rate, we're also going to be moving forward the same as we were. It's just that the people that know more uh, will do the right things more often. Um, to me, I, I prefer this environment, but I, I'd be interested to hear what the what the take is there. And there's lots of counters on, like, yeah, but you know, on the on the privacy side, okay, we'll leave that out of it <laughs> on what's being tracked. But I'm preferring marketing in this in this current environment, and I'd be really interested to know what the what the thoughts are there. Well, um, how to say this and be polite about it? Um, <laughs> you're an experienced bugger. You've been around, you've been um, doing this for 10 years or more. You've been around the block a number of times. And you're able to adjust. I find that the more experienced the person at this conference, and I imagine that the same goes out in the, the non-conference world, the more experienced the person, the less worried they are about, about missing keyword data. But the, the newer SEOs, you know, this is what they learned as the prime metric, keyword rankings. That's what I thought was the prime metric. And so there's a great deal of concern and worry about that. Um, but again, the more experienced SEOs, I, they don't seem to be concerned. The newer ones seem to be quite concerned. Well, I, you know what? I, like, I, I suppose like, if all you knew was the one reporting metric, then... Now what? But okay, but but Dave, in your career, you've had to cover like several different types of projects, several different types of uh, uh, conversion points. Right. So you've had to learn to report on several different things beyond um, keyword rankings, and you've, you've been having to do that for years. So when the keywords right. were suddenly gone, you knew you had a fallback point because you'd already been using those other metrics as reporting tools to begin with, right? Right. Um, now yeah, that comes with experience. Right, but what if you've been an in-house SEO only working on one thing your entire life and you've got, you know, two, three years of experience, but I, I see your point. If you've been living in a bubble, and maybe even successfully so, but you lose this thing, now your boss is asking you, all right, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, you may not have well, a quick I, answer. I, 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 
and I'm really glad you raised that point. That's an important point. Like, we, again, I, I speak we as SEOs, we, um, we know the metrics that are, that are uh, key indicators for the success or lack of success for any given campaign we might be working on. Mm-hmm. You know, time on site, uh, the, where the, uh, the, 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 the user went as they made their journey through the website, um, bounce rate, exit page, decide that. You know, we know this stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you're working for a client, they have their own notions and their own set of goals. Like you got your KPI, your key performance indicators, and that's what you know as an SEO. But does the client necessarily know that those are the actual uh, key performance indicators to look for? A lot of what we have to do as SEOs now that things are changing is client education. We're in, it's almost like we're back in that period again where we're educating the client about the service to begin with. Right, and how the measurables work, and what happens in those spots, and we've all seen them, where you go into Webmaster Tools, you see, hey, your impressions have doubled. I know that your traffic hasn't done that yet, but what this means is, you know, all your phrases are now up, you know, at the bottom of the first page, right? <laughs> and, and, and sort of relaying that, no, this is a step on our way to what we're trying to get. I know we're not there yet, but this is how I know it's working. Um, and, and you're right, that can be a tough thing to, to put to a, a business owner, and I'm one, you're one, where you're like, yeah, but what I want is more money in my bank. <laughs> so you have to convince me that somehow this thing I can't see that isn't doing anything yet is actually doing something, whereas yeah, in the old days, it was like, if you see a red arrow on a ranking, or a, you know, a red arrow down on a ranking report, you know something's gone wrong. If you see a green arrow up... There you are. You know I'm doing my job. And, the, yeah, you might be 14, so it's not traffic, but you like seeing these green arrows. <laughs> so, you know, we're all, we're all so on the things, same page. And so things have become that much more, much more complicated for SEOs in, in, in reporting back to our clients. And, again, putting yourself in the client's position, it's become that much more difficult to understand the, um, the effect or the efficiency, the efficacy, of your service provider. Are they, are they really doing the job for you? Are they doing it right? Are they, are they doing it ethically? And are they, you know, hitting those conversion points that are putting more money in the bank or getting more forms filled out or getting any more leads or whatever? Um, you, the SEO, or, you know, us as SEOs, we have to explain what the real KPIs are to our clients and agree that this is how we will be measured. Because if, if, if they're stuck in the keyword ranking world, then everybody involved is going to be very disappointed at the, at the outcome of the engagement. And that's not good for anybody's business. So, I mean, I, I've had, it was funny, yesterday was a day on the phone. And I was having a very similar discussion all day, just with different clients. But all day, same sort of discussions. <laughs> um, is it... Um, and I view it as my responsibility then, uh, because you know what I measure me, and, and I have to accept it. And all this should I may have to appreciate that what I look at as my metrics may not match up with what you care about. I still need to look at what I'm looking at to know if I'm on the right path. But you may not be able to, you know. I mean, well, as you said. I've got over a decade of experience. You do. A lot of our listeners do or have explored in advanced ways. 
um, the metrics that are available to them to report. So, of course, we're looking at stuff that other people aren't. Right? I mean, why, why would a business owner care about 90% of what I look at? Um, so to me, I, I, I view it as a, a, a big situation where I need to hear what they're telling me they need, i.e., you tell me what your business goals are. Okay, now I have to craft my own metric. I can take whatever I want, but it's my job not to just go and necessarily always explain here's why I'm looking at this. Oh, yeah, that's always part of it, but go... Okay, what's you know what is it you want? Now I need to put the metrics in front of you to understand how my path leads to what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and again, you know, which is, and again, it's so important the client understand this as you're going into the engagement, or there's going to be some really disappointed faces later, and you know you may well lose the client if you haven't pre-educated them. Right. Right. Um, well, now, you know what? We're, that's, that's a good segue because we can come back and I got some more interesting stuff on Google, a lot, uh, a lot more sort of information I want to glean from you on, on what the feel of the industry is and, and the information as a whole. But to do that, to stay on our, we need to make some cash because we've been talking about ROI here. So we're going to let the station do that. We'll be back in two minutes. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. I'm Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. We'll be right back. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you Find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. Mobilizing your marketing efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence. Discover the best practices for tracking and targeting mobile marketing. Mobile presence on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now. 
now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. All right, welcome back. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, joined from uh, from SEO Chicago by Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Uh, Jim, let's uh, let's go back just for for a minute. Let's chat uh, a bit of uh, what we were talking, touching on changes at Google. Let's cover uh, a couple more things. Uh, one of them, okay. just a quick quick blip. You you would have missed it, um, but always a fun conversation when we start talking paid links with Google. Uh, to me, that's always a fun conversation to to watch because I just sit on the sidelines and go, "Hey, I can predict everything both of you are saying. <laughs> I can do that. I could put it on an auto script at this point, and I would just know the back and forth." Well, a discussion was going on over at uh, Hacker News. How did I find out about it? Need to make sure his name gets mentioned during the show from Barry Schwartz um, over at SE Roundtable. <laughs> of course, and you know we we'd almost gone a whole show without mentioning his name, so I had to get that in there. Um, where it was a a case and and something I've thought of, but that I found uh, fun that it was actually brought up because Matt Cutts engaged in this conversation where the discussion over at Hacker News was basically the one that we've all heard a million times. I'm in a high competition sector. I can't do it without paid links, right? It's a discussion we've all had there, you know, I'm not even going to judge the asker or their insistence on, on doing it. I will say I wouldn't do it, but, you know, too much risk involved, but, hey, I, I, I get your point. Um, Matt Kites jumped in and, and actually just said, hey, wait for it, let's predict it. Uh, that's a bad idea. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. Um, then the question was posed to Matt, and I'm really surprised he didn't respond. This is a bit of sarcasm. Uh, then why do you rank sites for terms like paid links right on uh, on their on AdWords? Right? Why do you let these services sell on AdWords if you're saying they're unethical? Uh, I've thought it. I, I've never uh, never thought, hey, to ask it. I've never actually seen it in an open discussion. Um, but you know what? Maybe I should jump in and say because uh, Google likes money more than ethics. I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay, know. I, I would take a different tact on that, and I would suggest that Google Editorial, um, you know, uh, 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 Google Editorial as being like you know uh, the organic uh, uh, and uh, the, the the spam protection force, and Google Advertorial, the paid side, they don't talk a lot. You know, they don't hang out a lot. Um, I would wonder if people at Google's quality control center even knew that um, paid link ads would would be ranking in AdWords, or if they did, if they considered it, you know. Right. Um, Google Organic and Google Paid are different ends of the of the of the office. That's 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 Google's official line. Whether that's true or not, I know, but. You know me, I'm an optimist, so I want to believe. I, I would just hope that somewhere on the web spam team, organic web spam team, somebody in their decade-long fight against paid links went, hey, maybe I should run a search on what I consider to be the best engine on the web for paid links and see what's there. <laughs> I would hope somewhere in the decade uh, that they would have... But, but even if they did, even if they did, 
you remember back in, uh, I think it was 2002, 2003, when I found all those Osama bin Laden paid ads on Google? Yes, yes. Well, you'd say somebody was aware of that too, but it's through the machine. When they were made aware of it, they took care of it. Right quick, in fact. Um, right. So, you know, maybe you want to do, maybe you want to conduct that search, looking to see if paid, uh, if paid advertisements for paid links come up. You might want to do that search next week and see what happens. Right. See, or if, uh, see if they we might it. want to hammer on that as article. You know, we might want to hammer on that in uh, Search Engine Watch, in Search Engine Land, in, uh, in Roundtable, etc. Yeah. And then eventually it, it, it will. Seem unfair and somewhat hypocritical. Or maybe they just want them to be able to do that paid so that they can just keep an eye on them. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> now we know who you are. Actually, that, that is worth um, noting. It's, it's, um, Google does keep tabs. Yeah, which makes sense. Um, another thing that came out of Google, a uh, hat tip to Christine Schackinger, who actually sent me a message during the show to let me know uh, know about this one because it had uh, sort of surpassed my radar. Um, there's a new penalty out. I don't anticipate this causing any problems with any of my clients or yours, but there's a new uh, manual action penalty that's showing up. I have known that this happened because it drives me nuts about 1% of the time I'm doing an image search. Um, and it's when cloaking, basically cloaking images, when you show a different image into oh. image search, then you feed <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. Um, then you, Simon then you actually and I. Simon Hesitine from, from AOL was talking about this yesterday. AOL decided they wanted to protect their images by putting a watermark on them. They wanted, or at least uh, the images that were being fed to Google search engine, they put mm -hmm. a watermark on them because the way Google search engine or image search works, instead of um, clicking through to the page where the image exists, Google is now displaying a full-size version of that image within its search engine, right? And so right. the user doesn't got to click through to go to the page where that image exists. So AOL tried serving up images with watermarks on them. Oh, you know, no. so again, this is, this is what uh, you would see when you did a Google search for the image. You'd get the watermarked image. When you click through to the um, Huffington Post page or the TechCrunch page or whatever, you would see the real image. Google considered that cloaking, and they slapped them for it. Right, which you know is a problem. Like, he's got the right application and just got caught for the wrong reasons. Right? Like, where it's horrible. This, this really makes me angry. Um, insert rant here. <laughs> Images are property. It could be a piece of copyrighted content. It belongs to the photographer, and the photographer, the person who created that image, should have the right to protect it beyond the courts. But, you know, you shouldn't have to sue somebody to stop them from taking your content, which Google has already scraped. And so AOL's solution of adding the watermark to those images was actually kind of elegant, except Google considers that cloaking, and they got slapped for it. And I think Google's in the wrong here. I, I'm going to agree with you on that one. Now, I have seen too many cases. I, I, I have a hunch, and we've all seen wax of these, where you are, it's a false positive. Like where you, you get caught in a net that was not built to catch you, right? You, you know, I don't know, you're a dolphin on a, in a tuna net, right? Like th this happens. Um, 
you know, often enough, I have a hunch that, you know, I mean, if you actually sat down with Google and said, hey, here's what we're doing, um, you know, if they'd listen, but, you know, here's specifically what we're doing, here's specifically why doing it, would they have looked at Simon and gone, yeah, got it, that makes perfect sense? Probably. Um, but I will say I've seen image searches where I click through, I'm actually going through to the page uh, because, you know, it's a good thing to do. <laughs> like, actually, don't just, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. look at it, you know, go actually go to the page. And then found that that image was not actually in existence on that page, that they were feeding me something else that wasn't what I was looking for. Um, you know, and whatever. that could be considered cloaking. And that's it. And I think that's more what they're getting at. It's really, really unfortunate. I have uh, have feeling that uh, that Simon got caught in a sort of false positive scenario where he's actually doing the right thing. I don't think I don't think anybody can just that. That makes good sense. Yeah. Um, for, for words, and I, I do got to get this in here. Simon said, Simon says, uh, Simon said that he advised his team against doing it, but they went and did it anyway. Right. He thought it might cause he thought it might cause a cloaking alarm bell at Google as well. Um, and he advised them against doing it, but they went and did it. And sure enough, within a couple months, they were being penalized for it. Um, he's still angry about it. Like, you know, even though he was proven right and vindicated in his opinion, he's still angry it's happening. Right, and that and that makes sense, uh, that he would be angry about it, because, like, yeah, it is false positive. Um, I think, uh, Simon, like I would be with a client, pretty cautious guy. Um, when it comes to, you know, we've got a lot to lose here, so let's not risk anything for a minor win. Uh, you know, good good for him for uh, for putting that out there. But I, I hope Google actually takes a look. Um, and, you know, it would be great as if they had, like, a, you know, something built in where you could do that, right? If you just went, anytime you're going to feed an image into image search, put this watermark on it, right? That, actually, you're, you're making anything. That's not a bad uh, a bad thing to add. Um, right, and then it'll just drop it into the lower right or whatever. So, um, Brasco just said, and we, I know we've only got a couple minutes left. Um, you've got some people on the uh, on the ground there. Um, he, he just sent me a few uh, social media um, accounts that people who are interested in knowing what's going on, um, and, and people who, uh, and these are from your team, who are all competing, as Brasco points out, for the most keynote tweets. <laughs> um, so some, uh, yeah. some Twitter handles to watch um, is at Simon Heseltine, H-E-S-E-L-T-I-N-E, -E, um, at Social Michelle R, and at... A, I'm just going to spell this one out, at A-K-N-E-C-H-T. So two of those people are from your team, uh, super heavy tweeters, um, getting the information out. So anybody interested in finding out yeah. uh, some of the great stuff that's going on there. Yeah, Jim, the Sorry, thing Brad? was, uh, well, Simon tweeted out mentioning it was amazing watching Michelle and Alan competing for the most keynote tweets. Hashtag fast fingers. <laughs> they, you know what? We decided... Um, that if we brought um, pretty much our full management team to SES, and we figured, you know what, we're just going to cover everything we can. Yeah. yeah could you gonna, can you give anybody else on the Twitter stream some space there, Jim? I'm sorry. I'm saying, could Alan and Michelle give the, anybody else a little space on the Twitter feed for slash for hashtag SDS Chicago? Because it was those two like the entire stream. Um, absolutely. It really if, has. If they hashtag SES Chicago. Woo. 
or FES shy, it will come up inside of the Twitter stream that, that we're publishing on our blog. A lot of them. A lot of them, Morella. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, it's, hash, it's, ha, it's hashtag triggered. So, um, you want it, you want it in that Twitter stream? Hashtag it properly. <laughs> and, you know, um, we're not into hogging the Twitter stream at all. Uh, we, want, we want our readers to participate in it. Um, but, you know, uh, we've been actually kind of like too busy to foster participation. <laughs> awesome. All right. I know we have to, uh, we've done it, Jim. We've tied it up. Thank you so much for making time. I know that time on the ground at a conference is valuable, especially on the last day, especially with a couple sessions. I appreciate it. I know our listeners appreciate it. Um, thanks so much for making time for us. Um, Brasco, uh, much more involved this week than in, uh, in past weeks. We've heard from him a lot more. So uh, I'm going to say uh, thanks for the week from uh, Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and Brasco from Webmaster Radio. We'll talk to you next week. has been a presentation of webmasterradio.fm the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network we welcome you to sample past episodes of this program as well as our complete library of programs on demand or on the air via our 24 7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.